So I am speaking to Anita Bass, and I am so excited to interview you. I've seen you on your <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> You've done some amazing TikToks. And funnily enough, you, I watched a couple of your early episodes mm. where you were actually recording podcasts, and I'm like, I reckon I could do this. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So welcome to the Fuck Therapy podcast. <laughs> No, I did know that, actually. I did, did know, know that. that. No, I did. I did actually know that, yeah, because I told my partner today. I did, yes. There you I, was, go. I don't know what to prepare for, and I was like, it's called the Fuck Therapy Podcast, so I assume we're going in this angle. But, yeah, good. No, I did know that. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, and it's interesting. Some people go, you know, fuck therapy. What are we going to be talking about? <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, the name came up because um, Rob Cott, who helped me, put all this together because I've got no technical expertise whatsoever. <laughs> so it was kind no. of, well, it was like, I, I was, I had to ask him, I said, what is a podcast? Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't listen to them anything, but it was like, we want to name it. And, you know, we're working with empowering women and yeah. helping people overcome um, sexual abuse and an abandonment and Good. domestic violence and narcissistic relationships and all those so sorts of things. Mm. And, you know, what do you call it? The Jamie Ryder podcast. Well, who the fuck is Jamie Ryder? Seriously, <laughs> right? I'm not Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so then we call it the, what, the mindset podcast or the or the, the mental health podcast. And yeah. I was kind of like, There's a million of them already. You're like, and it'll get lost in the searches. Absolutely. Yeah. So Rob said to me, he said, what is something that these women, <laughs> when they come and see you, what's something that they all What's a common denominator? What's something they say? Yeah. Most people have been through years of therapy. Yeah. And when they sure. come to me, they're kind of like, Jamie, you give me any more of that therapy shit and <sighs> I am out of here. I fuck therapy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, that's perfect. He's <laughs> like, that's the one. That's it. <laughs> He's gone. That's the name. So anyway, that's where it's come from. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, that's okay. Thanks for having me. And just on literally what you just said, that fuck therapy thing. That's funny that you say that because my trauma coach who helped me through stuff and my friend, the number one reason people come to them is same thing. People go through therapy that spends like thousands of dollars. People are like, oh, you're going to have to come see me like three times a week for like six years. And it's just all textbook stuff. And that they just won't get away from the textbook stuff and be like, okay, it's clearly not working. Yeah. So I'm really not glad, but it's, yeah, it's ironic that you say that because that's exactly what led me to my trauma coach because I was spending so much money with therapy, which was lovely people, don't get me wrong, but it was just like, not, not helping me. All you're doing is make me talk about the same thing that made me sad. And then I went to her and my life changed. So absolutely. Crazy. I love it. I love yeah. it. So for those that don't know you, mm. introduce yourself. Hello. No. <laughs> hey, yo. hey, how you um, doing? <laughs> too bad. Well, my name is Anita Best. Um, well, in short, what do I do for work? Well, pre-COVID, I have a travel company. I take people on tours to music festivals and VIP parties across America, Europe, Mexico, Thailand, and Bali. So I guess if you know like a tiki tour, the bus about or all those types of things in Australia and America, yeah. it's like that, but specifically for music festivals where they get to like meet the DJs, artists and all this stuff. Yeah, so that's what I've done for the last eight years. Well, that's in short what I've done. Before that, went to uni, hated that, supposed to be a lawyer, blah, 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 big life story. And then, yeah, because of COVID, obviously I got royally, absolutely derailed for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, which led me to make TikToks because I needed something 
to fill my time as well, which is actually how we met. And then, yeah, from now on, I've just literally been waiting, cruising, going through the motions, waiting for the borders to reopen. Yeah, absolutely. So your travel business, you've been doing that for eight years. Yeah. Tell us more, like, where'd you come up with that idea from? There's two stories, but to make it short. So I started it when I had the idea when I was 19. I'm 28 now. So registered it all when I was 19, did my first tour when I was 21. The actual reason it started is actually just because my brother accidentally exaggerated a story. He was like, you know, our cousin Daniel went and followed this rave around America. And then I got this idea in my head and I was like, I don't know music festivals, but I like extreme stuff. So I made a tour company um, which did the most extreme versions of like bungee jumping, surfing, like jumping out of planes and was just all tours of the most extreme things around the world. And then one of it was a music festival. And then I had it up on Google and I hadn't really done much of it. And then after like a year, somebody booked one of the music festival ones and I was like, what? And it was just the most bizarre <laughs> thing. And I had to pretty much go all or nothing. And then at that point in time, Scoopon had just started and they were taking basically anyone. So I advertised through them and then the music one took off. Yeah. And then, yeah, from then on, Blah, blah, blah. But then my cousin Daniel, the one who did these music festivals, he's like, how'd you come up with it? And I was like, because of you, Daniel, you did all that traveling to America. And he was like, I've never left the country. Hey. And he's like, you know, your brother talks shit. Like, my brother's, <laughs> my brother's one of those people who's like, my fish was this big. Like, he just exaggerates. And then he's like, I've literally never been to America. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. He's like, I went to Sydney once for a conference. He's like, maybe that's what he was saying. And I was like, I literally made my whole business because of that story. And he was like, How's oh, well, that? you're welcome. Yeah. So that well, was like the, the original one. Well, I, I've got to tell you, I, I absolutely love that for so many reasons, <laughs> right? Because it's one of the things where it goes to show what makes things happen, what makes things work, what makes, you know, things possible. It's literally the mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So you were just going off, off, you know, a bullshit story and yeah. went, huh, I reckon I can do something with that. Yeah. Created a whole world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, if he had to turn around and said, nah, I'm gagging, that never happened. This yeah. may, that may, You may never have had the confidence or the realism, you know, of a dream of yours. That's true. I would have never thought there were people out there who would go all the way for one specific yeah. thing and follow it around. And what's powerful about that is that we are often our biggest obstacle. Yeah. Like you That's said true. it there. I would have, I wouldn't have known. It's like as soon as you remove yeah. that doubt, yeah, then all of a sudden you made something happen. Nineteen years old, yeah, right. That's significant. What, what, what sort of triggered that at nineteen to, to go? <laughs> you know, what's behind that? Don't even. All right, well, I do kind of know. Well, when I was growing up, I was always kind of like obsessed with business shit, but I was just like. Like I would make little books, like I can make Barbie clothes and put them in people's mailboxes and then someone was like, you can't do that. And I was like, I don't know, if someone buys it, I'll figure out how to do it the day before. Like I was always doing random shit like that and I kind of knew that I always wanted to. But then I went to like school and stuff like that. My dad was always strict and he was like, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a lawyer. Just because back then being a lawyer was the most respectable thing, lawyer and doctor. And then he's like, you're going to be a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, I went to uni and, like, did my law degree in that. But then I, like, absolutely, like, I just hated it. I hated uni and I was like, oh, this is so depressing. Like, I don't, I would, if you gave me a million dollars. And I wasn't confident enough, like, not to do it. And then, like, I remember I had a boyfriend at the time 
And he was like, well, your dad's going to die one day and are you going to be happy being a lawyer? And I was like, I can't. I'll like, I'll shame him. And then he was like, yeah, but if he dies and you're a lawyer because of him, but he's dead and he's not around to watch you, he's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, true. And then that kind of like in my head, I was like, I've never actually thought of it like that. And because my dad was so strict, I was like, I'm literally going to have to go against like everything in my like family to not do this. So then I changed and I did... um. I literally went on Seek and I was like, best paying job in WA, Western Australia. And it was like a, a project manager. And so I changed part of my law degree. I did like a project management, uh, like TAFE certificate, yeah. diploma project management. And then the law, I changed to specialise in like business law. So then I'd finished that. And then I started working. I like contacted heaps of places. and was like, can I do work experience? So I think that's when I was like 18 or so. Yeah, I would have been 18. And then so I was working in a project management firm in the city doing pretty much just like the admin bitch essentially, but they gave me some special title. And then, but it was just like at that point in time where I like looked around and basically saw what my end goal was and saw the people like making the money that I would have been making or like, and I remember just sitting there and be like, I don't want to do this. And I was just like spinning out one day and I was like, oh, this, what the, like, no, like you could give me $300,000. Like, oh, this is not going to make me happy. And I remember yeah, just being like, oh, I want to be with my friends or I want to do this. And then, yeah, from then on, that's kind of where it all drilled into me. I was like, I actually really want to do something that makes me happy. But then at that point in time, I didn't really know. My brother had that, I put that idea in my head. I made the website. But then in that time, I booked to go traveling around Europe and to go live in Canada just because I was like, oh, I'll go do a year or something else. And then that's when I was 20. And then that's when it kind of solidified the idea because I went traveling and then I saw that tours and places technically took you to places. They're like, oh, we're going to go to Vegas, but they just took you to like a shit club and a shit hotel and you kind of technically went to Vegas. And then I was like, well, there's a hole in the market here. Like I want people to go to Vegas and just fucking see Vegas for all it is. So then I was yeah. like, well, what if my tours, instead of just going to Vegas after the festival, like we get a penthouse, the MGM Grand, what if I get them like all the pool parties, we get cabanas. Like I know general entry is 50 bucks and the table is like, 15,000 but I'm like if I get enough people and yeah and at that point I kind of didn't realize that was my selling point but then because I'd put in so much into the business anyway I'd wasted so much money I was like oh fuck it let's just keep wasting money and do this so then I kind of like took no profit from anything for a few years but yeah, yeah that's kind of where I like really honed in because I saw I didn't see a hole in the market I think I just thought it was really cool and I was like I'm kind of wasting my money just going on all these little other tours I'm like what if I actually made something like great and yeah but I didn't, yeah, I didn't really think I was doing that at the time. I just kind of did, I don't know, young and ignorant really as well. Like, I, Beautiful. I, yeah. Like my mum would be like, you're wasting money. And I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like the right thing to do. And I was like, I don't know. But yeah, young and ignorant. That's my story in a roundabout way. Well, I, I love it. I love it for so many different reasons. Young and ignorant, right? If we could all keep a level yeah. of that youthful thought, blend it with some wisdom. Right, yeah. So we can actually, you know, eliminate some of the errors. But it's one of those things. Quite often, um, and a lot of people that will be listening to this podcast have suffered significant traumas in their life. Um, yeah. A lot of the people have been told their entire life that their potential is limited or that yeah. they don't have potential. And many of them have heard worse than that. Yeah, for sure. But the reality is we all have potential. Yeah. Right here you are, you know, if you start breaking down some of your story, 
you were just going, I'm not comfortable with being told how I'm going to live my life. Yeah. Uh, your intuition, regardless of whether you, you you were, you know, in tune with it at the, at the time, was screaming. Mm. Yeah. You know? And that's the one thing you tell people too. Like you feel it in your body. Like I can't, yeah. but 0.002% people actually act on that because you like, you can't explain that. I'm yeah. quitting and going to the other side of the country. Why? Because it feels right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 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 But it always leads to something better as well. Like it always really does. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And that's so much about living in the present. Yeah, you know, it is. Because it, so many people will, will, you know, drag the trauma from the past into this present moment and then be so anxious about the future, they become paralysed. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, how so many people have been told like, like, yeah, I think you just got to, as you said, like pull on that to know that there's something more for you. And if you feel like there's something more, there is because like we grew up, my dad would just be like, oh, you're stupid, you're dumb, like you're this, like, you know, yeah, he'd like bash us, abuse us, not sexually, not sexually at all. Um, Just, yeah, like he'd ask, you know, mum, we grew up watching her get bashed. But like my mum comes from like a long Portuguese family where like her dad would like bash her and all their kids. And so then my mum met my dad and obviously thought that was the normal depiction of a man where it's not. So then she was like literally getting bashed and abused by him. So like she's like the opposite end of the scale where now she's literally like a very timid. She's a beautiful woman and she does everything for us. But she's so timid, so little. Like you ask her a question, she's like, I'm just a stupid lady. And I'll get angry at her. I'm like, you're not though. Like you're not like, and you try and talk to her. She can't even look you in the eyes because she's been like so broken down literally from like, the day she was born to now like she just doesn't think she's worth it and like that's where I guess I, we were heading and I was heading into it I was just like something feels wrong and then it got to a point I was like I've got nothing to lose and you're like fuck it and you just have to yet yeah, pull yourself out of that but in saying that that's like one of the hardest things as well isn't it and that comes from confidence and I guess that confidence comes from like doing little things and little promises for yourself and like showing up for yourself but yeah with all that being yeah all the stuff that I said before it's not it's not easy, of course. And if you literally your whole life told or you're this, you're dumb, blah, 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 like you don't know any different. And unless you listen to external factors like your podcast or videos and shit, you're like, oh, I am dumb. What do I know? And it's just like, no, <laughs> like, who yeah. is this person who's like saying this? Like they don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Tactic mind know. games. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the things. It's like don't don't be limited by someone else's beliefs. Yeah. You know, and quite often when, when you're dealing with abusive people, it's not even their beliefs. It's just the shit they say to manipulate and coerce you um, yeah. that, that does that. You, one of the things I pick up on is you did just do stuff. Yeah. You were just like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You have to got no other choice. <laughs> the future is not bright if you don't. We're <laughs> end up dead. Yeah. No. Uh, and it's interesting. It's interesting that you say you've got no other choice because there's a lot of people that would potentially dispute that in the sense that you go, most people can't see the choice you're talking about. Yeah. Most people true, stay true. in the status quo and they think they have no choice mm. with what you're talking about. So it's a very okay. interesting psychological shift there where you were looking at it going, and, and what's beautiful about it is you're going, fuck this. Yeah. This. Get angry. Yeah. <laughs> right. So whatever. Yeah. And if you can let go of the future, detach yeah. from the future and just go, I am not standing here any longer. Yeah. You know, so you look at the people that have been in relationships for years, you know, for decades and they're going, I can't get out. Yeah. 
you know, it's having that choice. It's going, no, if you started thinking to yourself, I can't stay. Yeah. I can't stay like this because this is killing me. Yeah. And you're like, who is this person? Who is this person saying these things to me? Like, well, get, who the fuck are you? Like, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. But it's hard when you're in it, like, and it's trauma bonding as well. Like, it's just so oh, hard to actually get out of it. Like, yeah. I, I remember I couldn't get out of mine. Like, I literally couldn't. The only thing that pulled me out of my abusive relationship with my ex was like, like I didn't want to. Like, I was crying and, and be like, I just want his attention. And then I was like, I just, I need, I can't be this person that I am, like this fucking, my spine was like a wet spaghetti. Like I just, I can't be this person though. Like for my nephews and friends, that's the only thing they got me out is that they deserve to see me back as like what it, I was. And I was like, I can't just be this person. But looking back now, yeah, you'd say, who the fuck was that person? I was like, to do those things to another human being. Like I'm living my life. I just happened to meet you along my life journey. Like how dare you? But that obviously says more about them. But at the time when you're like, Think, yeah, it's it's a it's a warped thing being in a relationship like that, but yeah. um yeah really, and that really. and that yeah I don't know as you're saying like how they they see like you said they can't see the option that I was fuck this that's also hard but I think about literally just like changing your reality because you grow up thinking and travel actually helped me with this you grow up thinking that like what something is is what something is like I grew up in Perth and people were like this is the way we do this and this is the way it is but then I go to Okay, say for religion, I grew up Catholic and, my pa- and I always thought this is the one way. Then I'd go traveling and I'd go to the places where like a completely different God, completely different everything, and they have to stop at 1 p.m. or whatever to all pray. And then just saying that difference, I'm like, you're not wrong and we're not wrong, but by seeing that the world is lived completely differently over here, can't we at least be aware that there are possibly other options? Like you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so seeing that kind of like helped me to think when I was like stuck, just like you're stuck and it's like, but am I? Is it, am I actually, or is it this the reality that I'm currently living right now? It's like, I could change this and have a whole new life tomorrow. But when you're stuck, you don't seem to think of those options. Like I'm stuck. This is this, this is this. But yeah, you can change your life completely different. It's just, yeah, about changing your reality, changing yeah. perception. Yeah. But it's hard. And obviously I say that because I have the freedom. Some people have kids and all this stuff. So it's a lot harder, but yeah, yeah, trippy. <laughs> yeah, listen, there's layers upon layers that make things mm. more complicated. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, we can only live this day once. Yeah, true, true. So let's live it to the best that we possibly can. So flipping the tempo a little bit, tell yeah. us some of the most exciting stories. You know, you've been on adventures oh, already. God. <laughs> these parties, you know, you know, this isn't even PG. So you've probably seen some crazy shit. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so what are really, the countries that you travelled to it, with your tours? My tours. So what we do, so I'll just go through the year calendar. So we start off uh, Cancun spring break. So in Cancun for in March. Uh, in April we go to Coachella, so the Coachella Music Festival in Palm Springs. So we go Los Angeles, Coachella, and then Vegas. Um, Thailand for the full moon party. We do like island hopping around Thailand and then the full moon party. Rampage in Belgium, which is like one of the biggest, or it's the biggest indoor dubstep and drum and bass festival. So we go through Amsterdam and there. Tomorrowland, which is the biggest music festival, or one of the most popular in the whole entire world in Belgium. EDC in Vegas. So we go to Vegas. That's where we do all the pool parties, nightclubs. I should remember some more. And then next year, hoping to do the Greek islands and Ibiza as well. Oh, and Croatia. We do the Croatian islands on like a mega yacht and then end in a music festival as well. But, yeah, so I've been to all those places, travelled, 
lived in Canada for a bit, in Toronto, um, America. I haven't done South America or anything like that, South and Central. So that's one place that I want to go, Costa Rica. So that's just in um, yet. Yeah. <laughs> Costa Rica. I'm, I'm I'm planning on running some events in Costa Rica. Oh, good. Beautiful. I was booked there to go. And then that was after my Cancun tour where I fucking had to go back. Anyway, and then they sent an email. They're like, we see you have a flight to Costa Rica. Basically, if we get COVID hit, our airport and our like financial system won't have enough money to actually run and operate and you'll be stuck in Costa Rica until we can find the money to get the airport like happening again. I'm like, true, I probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> Listen, oh, if get stuck to a place, I've heard it's pretty freaking beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it probably wouldn't be the worst place to get stuck. Costa Rica, yeah. like Mexico, done. <laughs> yeah. 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 One of those things. You go, Listen. Poor me. Yeah. I'm stuck on the beaches of Costa Rica. <laughs> oh, look, well, they bounced back, didn't they? Cancun was shut for all of like two months until they said, fuck it, we can't afford this. Oh, and yeah. then so so they were open. And like yeah. you guys in Melbourne doing 300 days. <laughs> yeah, we played it safe and safe and thought we would stay home where we would be protected <laughs> and we were imprisoned. <laughs> so glad to see the end of it. So. Yeah, yeah. So in addition to all this travel. Yeah. I know you're a bikini competitor. <laughs> yes. When yeah. was this? When did this happen? So this happened, when did I compete? I competed when I was 22. Yeah, well, that all adds up quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, so when I was, it's like, all my stuff starts from pain. <laughs> it all starts from pain. When so I was like, yeah, just before I turned 21, I broke up with like my boyfriend at the time. First, first love, young love, thought it was the end of the world, was with him from when I was like 15 to 20. And then because my home life was so shit, he was like the first person that actually like showed me love and all this stuff. So like it was, it was traumatic. So I was depressed for literally fucking two, three years, but more so because my life was like a whole, I, was like, I don't realize my life and I hated it. And like, I was shy and introverted. And then I remember just always being sad and my brother was going to the gym and then he's like, come to the gym. And then I like couldn't even lift two kilos above my head. Like I remember just like struggling and shit. And I was like, I hate this place. And I was embarrassed. I was thinking everyone was looking at me and everything. And I was like, no. But I was like, I need, I need something. Like I need structure. And I just felt like my body needed to run. Like I don't like running, but I just felt like because I didn't do exercise like, at all, which makes me sick to think now. Like, my body, I didn't do anything yeah. besides like school carnivals back in year ten or something. So yeah, and then like. I was like, all right, I really want to understand how to use the gym properly. So then I got a coach. The way she trained wasn't really that great, so I didn't go with her. And then I found another one, a lady uh, who had done like IFBB competing as well. And then we were training together and she taught me how to do everything and that, and it was actually really good. And then naturally I became like obsessive with eating, sleeping and all this stuff. And then from there, this is actually like probably the thing where I, my confidence pivoted which I don't think everyone should go out and like compete or go, but I really feel like the gym is great because it was the first time because when you're doing stuff, you do stuff, but you don't really get to see a direct result. Whereas when I was in the gym, I was like, I'll get up at five, I'll train, I'll drink my water, I'll do what she says. And then after a few months, you literally saw a physical result and you're like, right. oh, fuck, like this is actually, I can see this now, it's tangible. You're like, true. So I'd realised from that, like keep by keeping these small promises to myself, I could actually get places, which helped me later in Love business because it. it's the first time. And I was, and that's, yeah, that's actually where I got confidence in myself because people are like, you completely changed. I was like, because I realised I did control something at this point, whereas before then it wasn't. So, yeah, and then when I went to watch a competition and I remember being like, I can do that. And then, and then in my other head, I was like, yeah, but you won't. <laughs> and I was like, no, I could do it. And I was, yeah, and I was like, I could do it. And then I was like, yeah, but the only difference between like 
somebody saying they can do it and then people on the stage is the fact that they're actually doing it. Like anyone, like, yeah, you like, you look good and yeah, you could do it, but you like, you're not. So, and yeah. And then, so I literally was just like, fuck it. So I asked her, I was like, can we start training for a competition? And then granted I was the worst client ever because I, like, <laughs> I was doing it. I was also doing it for the wrong reasons in that way. Cause I was sad. It wasn't like, yeah, I want to compete. It was like to me, like, Ugh. so every time I'd like fuck up on my diet, I'd be so hard on myself. And anytime yeah. anyone would invite me out, I'd be like, you know, I can't go out. I need to win this thing. And she'd be like, you can't like rely on winning because you might not win, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I did that. Ended up, I won my first one. WA got third twice, did the Arnold's in Melbourne as well. And then got like third in Australia there of like the IFB bikini and stuff like that. That's incredible. um, Thank you. It's not just, let's Uh, not just gloss over that. (laughs) That is a fucking (laughs) outstanding achievement. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Well, it's literally... Um, I know the amount of effort it takes um, yeah. to, I know, I know the effort it takes to just be stage ready, N- not necessarily yeah. top 10, top three, uh, but to be stage ready to yeah. get into the top positions. You're talking yeah. about significant level of dedication, self-discipline, sacrifice, Yeah, you know, uh, and and the level of mindset that goes into that is incredible. So can't just gloss over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and I and I love I love what you said there um, a little bit earlier on. I often talk about people say to how, how do we bounce back? How yeah. can I refine my self worth? How can I find motivation? I'm like, let's not hunt motivation. Right? Yeah. Motivation comes from self discipline. Right. Self-worth, the foundations, the origin of self-worth comes from self-trust. Yeah. Self-trust comes from being congruent to your word. In other words, doing the shit you say you're going to do. Yeah. And that's where it comes in. And you went, oh, I start, I I can actually feel this. And not only can I feel it, when I do the things I say I'm going to do, I can then see it. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely brilliant because from that, yeah, we can start representing ourselves in other ways. Yeah. And, and being congruent to our word. Yeah. Right. From that, we start seeing something. When 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 you see someone and you trust them, they earn your respect. And when that yeah. person is you, your trust then turns into respect. Yeah. Your respect finds your value, which is your worth. Yeah. And you can start loving yourself again. So the exactly. origins come from something as simple as that. You know, I say yeah. with people, and I'm not necessarily, you know, like yourself going, okay, you know, let's go and get third in the entire country. You know, <laughs> the Arnold Classic was one of the premier competitions. I was probably there competing in jiu-jitsu, funnily enough. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I've been to a lot of the Arnolds and, and we've competed there. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah, when you when you can when you can find your trust, respect, and worth, you will start bouncing back. Yeah, you know, you stay true um, to your boundaries and just know yeah. when you say something. It, yeah, it's one it of the, is, yeah. get, just get up and go for a walk. You know, yeah. now that all depends on your physical capability. You know, you might only be able to walk five hundred meters, so yeah. walk five hundred and three meters. Yeah, 
literally. Right? And don't it, stop it, at like, 500 because <laughs> you already know you can do that. <laughs> yeah. And even exercise just as like a physical thing for when you're actually depressed is the number one thing. And it's the, it's the least thing that you want to do at the time. But I remember when I was at my most depressed, all I could do was like stand and like shake my hands and like, oh, just, but I was like, yeah. just anything's better than nothing. Like I jump on the spot or do like 10 star jumps and like, that's all I can do today. But then you feel this tiny thing in yourself and you're like, I feel better. Like you're never like, oh, I feel so much worse. Like, but no. yeah. Well, the number one thing, you know, when you're feeling depressed, the first thing I tell anyone to do, and at that point in time is one of the hardest things to do, but it's to shift yeah. your physical state. Yeah. As you're saying, yeah. you can just jump on the hand or shake your arms around, whatever it is, because the cortisol levels that are in your system while you're depressed are so yeah. high. Your heart rate, your blood pressure is so high. You're getting that feeling where you feel you kind of need to do that. Yeah. Um, and it starts breaking down the cortisol levels. Just the physical, the postural difference increases testosterone in your system. Yeah. You can get an increase of about 18% testosterone just by posture. So when you're feeling shit, you know, I say to people, I go, shoulder, yeah, posture, shoulders back, tip forward, eyes up, right? Posture in a dominant stance and your testosterone increases and your cortisol levels can decrease if you hold that stance for two or three minutes, you know, by 20%. It's crazy. Then start practicing gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> right. Number two. Yeah. You know, so it's like posture, get moving, practice gratitude, and you can start shifting that state. So it's I think true. it's I think it's really powerful. Um it and you found it by chance, which is amazing. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, and that's also what my coat I I also found that like I'm accountant and if people like like I can't train, I never do it, like literally book a coach or book something or like 10 sessions, because I was like I would always show up for someone else, but not like for myself. Yeah. And even like I've done a PT course and that people like train yourself. And I was like, but I won't like if I do it, but I won't. But like I've proven time and time again that I won't like I can, but yeah. I won't. But if I pay someone 70 bucks, I know without a chance I'm fucking there. at Like if it's six, I'm there at six. Like it's like, and I'm yeah. not going to let someone else down. And so it's like, people are like, oh, it's a waste of money. I'm like, yeah, but I am just helping myself get there because I know I won't do it on my own accord. And I'm sure anyone can attest to that. You're like, I'll go to the gym. It's been like seven months. You're like, I haven't gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, I run discovery sessions and the discovery session is a 30 minute one-on-one with me to have a preliminary discussion. I used yeah. to, I used to, that used to be free. Yeah. Right? Give people an opportunity to chat, have a discussion, see if we want to work together. Right. Yeah. Sounds fair and reasonable. Free means they won't necessarily turn up. It's a Zoom yeah. session. Ah, fuck it. It's sunny outside. I'm going to the beach, right? And I'm yeah. left sitting in my office, right, <laughs> twiddling my thumbs because I'm there every single time. Yeah. $29 is what I now charge, which is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing right? at all. And my strike rate of people actually turning up to the meeting, doing yeah. the thing they say they're going to do, has gone to something like 95%. Yeah, good. You need skin in the game. And also Correct. you give people that, then they're the ones, it's their choice. They're going out of their way to do it Absolutely. as well. You I've know. learned that too. I've given people some like free things as well. And then they've just like kind of a, not abused it, but they're like, eh, eh. and I'm like, if you busted your ass and worked to get this, like I had to, and you had to pay for it, it would be a completely different story to you. Yeah. yeah you learn that one hard, don't you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That- Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's super impressive. So we've, we've talked about the fact that you, know, you grew up in a pretty tough, tough situation, but you shift things around and you've made stuff happen. You know, you've got to the top of 
you know, the country and the sport that you chose to do, which was fucking difficult, like what the <laughs> hell. You've then just gone, you know what, fuck it, how about I just set up a tour company, travel the world, <laughs> take it. the moving parts involved in something like that is significant. And you're just kind of like, you know, whatever, it's just what I did. Because, you know, <laughs> a bit of fun, you know, bullshit. That's a lot of dedication, hard work, discipline, research, strategy, logistics, finances, incredible. And then you also sort of found time to do a podcast. <laughs> Bless you. Yes. <laughs> I get bored. Maybe I have ADD. I don't know. I'm going to check. I'm, oh, listen, I've never it. been diagnosed, but those that have been diagnosed go, you are classic. They always yeah. say to me, you're classic ADHD. <laughs> they go, you don't fucking stop. If you come on yeah. any of my lives, you hear people that come on regularly, they can't see my hands. But they yeah. know I'm fiddling with something. Oh, really? Well, that's what I'm doing now, just down here. Like, oh, I've got fidget spinners <laughs> on the desk. <laughs> I've got like I keep pulling the lid off textures and I pull pens apart. <laughs> I can tell you one of the funniest stories about fidgeting. Um, yeah. Years ago, um, I was at my parents' place. I can't remember how old I was, but I was running a business and I was on a phone to a client. My yeah. mate came in. He's going to come home and stay the night, right? Anyway, comes in, puts his toothbrush down on the on the kitchen tables, talking to mum and dad, whatever he was doing, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I'm just about to finish. I've only been on this phone call for about five minutes, you know, and all you hear is this, what the fuck? It's like, well, he had left his toothbrush there and, and well, my dad had also left a pair of cutters there. Yeah. I cut his toothbrush into like 500 <laughs> bits. And you probably didn't realise. <laughs> didn't even realise I did it. I literally disintegrated his tooth. I'm shocking when it comes to that. <laughs> Easily done. So Easily done. you still running your podcast? I am. I said I took a six-month break. Yep. Yes, I started that. Well, initially, I got all the podcasting gear and I wanted to, there's a few things that I like wanted to say. But I essentially wanted to interview people along the road that I met because I'd always be travelling and meet like an old grandma in Croatia with the craziest story, owns half the island, been to all these places. And I'm like, dude, are you just sitting here like telling me this while serving me bananas? Like, what do you mean? Like, and yeah. I'm like, I need, to t- I need to talk to these people. So I got that with the intention of that. And then obviously COVID hit and I was like, cool, that's awesome. And then um, so I was like, well, why don't I just go around and interview the people who I have already met on tour and all their cool stories? Because I knew a lot of people have been like, successful DJs or I've been on TV or done all this stuff either before tour or after I'd met them. So, yeah, so I started doing that and then in between I'd like talk about the things like because, as I was saying to you before, like the number one thing I always got told is that like I'm lucky and that really like pissed me off when people are like, oh, you're so lucky, blah, blah, blah. So then like I always wanted to talk about like my story and how I got to where I was because I like, yeah, I just needed people to at least like know and I wanted to like fill them in and like, oh, no shit. So, yeah, in between like those I like talked had a few solo ones where I talked about all of that stuff. Um, yeah, and I think I did that for like a year and then I was saying before COVID hit and then I just got to a point where I was like doing it just to do it and I was like I need time off because I just didn't feel like motivated because I didn't know the state of the world or what was happening and I was like, yeah, I call it, I was living a life that's not mine and I was doing motivational advice while feeling like a phony because that was the complete opposite of what I felt and I was like, stop, and then we reassess. We're just coming back now. But Yeah, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. So the comeback tour. Because I want to talk comeback. to you about the comeback tour. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. So clearly you're waiting for everything to open back up so you can get travelling again. Yes. And that's all in motion? Yes. 
So I still pretty much owe about 200 people holidays or so anyway. So for the Croatia, I mean, sorry, EDC and Croatia are the two main ones. Yep. And so the tours normally start in March and I would not feel comfortable doing that. So I pushed it back for the first tour to be at the end of May next year. Yep. And a lot of people from like Sydney and Melbourne and they were, they were the ones who actually <clears throat> started me to think about advertising because I didn't want to, but they were like, no, we can literally leave and come back and you can. And then EDC happened last month. So I know it's all good there. And as assuming everything goes the way it's supposed to, like it will be completely sweet to do that. And people, Sydney, Melbourne, go to LA, come back. So yeah, so planning next year to do EDC in Vegas in May, Croatia in July, Tomorrowland in July, and then a Thailand in November. But yeah, obviously I've got a lot of clauses and stuff and people know that where their money goes, it's all safe in case shit goes down. Yep. So much more paperwork now. But yeah, yeah. so that's giving myself some time. Beautiful, beautiful. So if people want to find one of your tours, book one of your tours, how do Mm -hmm. they do that? Yeah, so it's called Awake Tours, A-W-A-K-E, not asleep, Awake 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 Tours. tours. Yes. Um, So, yeah, Instagram is probably where we post most of the stuff. Facebook, it's all there as well. There's a website. But, yeah, probably Instagram's the place where people find us the most, or if not on mine, which is Anita Bass. But, yeah, Instagram for sure. For sure. Well, yeah, what we'll do okay. is in the description, we'll put yeah. all your socials down there. So if anyone wants to reach out, contact you, ask about it, they can, they'll access your, done. all your details there. Done, done. Because I think that is awesome. Not, not going anywhere. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for, you know, giving us your time, sharing your story, oh, which you, you undersold massively. Um, <laughs> some of the stuff that you've done and to be so young and, and to, to have so much success, oh. right, is incredible. And, and, and this is more a personal note from me to you looking at it saying yeah. success, people don't understand business success. Right, yeah. they kind of look at these big numbers in bank accounts, these flashy assets to the success of business, and it's just not that, right? Yeah. You know, that is there, there is an element of that, and that can be long term. You know, COVID's come along and absolutely wiped your business out, um, yeah. which is one of the things you're going, but it hasn't actually wiped it out, so it's put it on hold, it's put it on pause. You maintain the intellectual property, yeah. You own all of that. It's in your mind. It's in your soul. It's in your heart. Um, you've yeah. got so much to offer this world. And without doubt, I would love to challenge you to see this mm-hmm. as just a, a, a hurdle to overcome yeah. and, and an opportunity to grow your big business bigger, wider, and broader than it yeah. ever was. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So my, I said a setback. I'm like, if I can get through this, I can fucking get through anything. I don't think oh, it'll yeah. be a once in a lifetime freak pandemic going to shut the world down ever again. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. So to everyone listening, the takeaways here is it doesn't matter what background that you've come from. If people are telling you that you can't do things, you absolutely can. Uh, when yeah. you shift your mindset to eliminating the obstacle that's holding you or the anchor that's holding you to where you are uh, and to shift into a mindset where you're going, the only way is to move forward, then you will move forward. I mean, anything is possible. Um, And as you can see by Anita's incredible story, you don't need, you know, uh, everything at the start to make everything happen through your life. You're an inspiration, Anita. You're (laughs) incredible. And thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you. And to everyone out there, 
Stay strong. <laughs>